It's Pi Augustine, your Division One candidate for Ipswich. My plan is for a community that is vibrant and attracts world investment, a community that is connected with the state-of-the-art transport system, a community that cares for our people and environment at a time of need. Division One needs a councillor that has the energy and motivation to get things done. A community champion. Find out more about me on my Facebook page, Pi Augustine for Division One. This ad was approved by Pi Augustine candidate. Ipswich deserves strong and stable leadership you know you can trust. I'm Mayor Teresa Harding, and as your Mayor, Ipswich is once again a city that businesses are proud to invest in and families love to call home. To keep our city moving forward, I'm committed to reducing cost of living pressures, expanding our road and transport networks, delivering more for our suburbs, and boosting investment in grassroots sports in our community. So vote one Teresa Harding for Mayor for sustainable growth for Ipswich. Authorised by T Harding, 264 South Station Road, Raceview. Coming up, a recap of last week's Ipswich City Council meeting, highlighting some items on the agenda which may have flown under your radar. These included two mayoral minutes, five new committees established to replace the short-lived General Purposes Committee, a proposal for a stray cat reduction program which raised more questions than answers, and Council formally approved the previously flagged sale of CBD properties, including the admin and library, to Westmorton Health. It's Tuesday, August 4, 2020. And I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. The meeting started with public participation, another change introduced by this new council. Jackie Rand spoke in favour of a community stray cat reduction program promoted by her organisation, the Australian Pet Welfare Foundation. And I've spent 15 years doing research to understand the cause of the problem and what to do about it. I've published over 20 papers in international journals. So where are the cats coming from? Most are strays fed by people who don't perceive they own them. They talk to them daily, and they say the cat helps them through the tough times. But most are not desexed, and they are the major source of cats and kittens being impounded. Banning feeding doesn't work, they just keep feeding. And these cat carers are very traumatised when their cats are trapped and killed. Ipswich has at least 10,000 cats being fed every day by people who don't perceive they own them. The other major source of cats and kittens are cats that people own but simply cannot afford to have them desexed. Last year, you impounded 1,800 cats, but that leaves 4,000 females producing five kittens a year. That's 20,000 kittens a year. Most die before they get to six months of age, but enough survive to ensure that you have the same number or more next year in Ipswich. Your management strategy doesn't protect wildlife, it damages people's lives and it costs you money. An AMO at the Banyul Council in Victoria told me she cried in a car as she held a young kitten she knew would be killed in the shelter because it was too expensive to bottle feed. She decided to stop this killing and she started a program 
that has most of the elements that I propose for Ipswich. Banyul decreased their impoundments from seven cats per thousand residents to 1.2 cats. You currently impound nine cats per thousand residents. What would it mean for the city of Ipswich if you could achieve same or better results? Impoundments could decrease from 1,800 cats a year to 300 cats a year, and cat-related complaints would markedly decrease. Today, I'm asking you for your support from the Ipswich City Council to be part of this project. Lops, let's stop pretending a band-aid works and work together on a solution that will solve these problems. Head of Planning and Regulatory Services, Peter Tabulo, gave frank advice to the meeting. Um, so councils, as you'd be aware and appreciate animal management is, as I said, a major function of, of my department and, and local government generally. Um, it can be complex, confronting and highly um, emotive um, when it comes to dealing with the pets and animals of our community. Um, from a management perspective, the challenges that we face are many and often those challenges um, are a result of the strong bond between owner and animal and officers being caught between that relationship. Um, the council has many management practices when dealing with these issues and in the report that was presented to the committee there was some of those aspects were, were outlined with respect to the cat issue. There is, however, no single strategy for success. It's a combination of actions that we must, must take. Um, in my view, responsible ownership of animals is at the cornerstone of success um, when we're dealing with um, dog or cat management. From a dog perspective, we have registration. Um, and that's proven to be the basis for ensuring that there is a link between the animal and the owner and therefore ensuring or inferring some degree of responsibility when it comes to that relationship. As you are probably aware, when it comes to cat registration, that's been a vexed problem across local governments historically and has proven to be, in my view, totally unsuccessful wherever it's been, been trialled. The registration of cats is just one of those problems that just doesn't work for, for a whole variety of reasons and that can be a topic of another, another report or, or conversation at some stage. The program proposed um, in the reports that we're considering today um, are dealing with, with urban cats, not feral cats and not rural cats as such. And the distinction is made in the, in the information that it's cats that are what's been called semi-owned. And it seems to me that the, the success attributed to the trials to date are a result of the program shifting the ownership of the animal from being semi-owned to someone taking greater or fuller responsibility for that animal. The success of the program and the willingness of the owners to be involved in the program may result simply as a, as a fact of the cat having gone um, or under, having gone through a neutering process, desexing process, um, or microchipping, or the like, and that has picked up the cost of those tasks by someone else for the person who has semi-owned the animal to date, and therefore that, that person is now willing to take over greater ownership. 
there, there is no doubt merit in the program that's being being proposed. However, it's, it's my view that the officer's recommendation and the recommendation that was was slightly altered by the, the by the committee um, is the right decision to be made at this time. Um, there are, for example, a range of, of questions and, and aspects to the program that still need to be explored and clarified and presented back to determine what the full impact of the, of the program would be. For example, um, what is the, the legal or contractual um, constraint on the handing over of the animal from us once we've held it for three days? Um, and it's not claimed by its rightful owner, to a third party. Um, we don't know that status yet. We still need to explore that. Um, who will be paying for the desexing program and the microchipping program and the like? Um, how, how significant will the officer's role be in further education, transporting the traps, picking up the traps? Those types of things still need to be explored. And so, as I said, I firmly believe that if we have time to review those aspects, explore them a bit more, provide the details um, from, the, from the proponent, um, and then come back to you at a future point in time, um, we will be in a better position to be able to make a decision about whether this program should be supported um, going forward. Council voted to decline the request from the Australian Pet Welfare Foundation for a trial program in 2020-2021, but kept its options open to reconsider the proposal for the following year. Mayor Theresa Harding moved two mayoral minutes. First I wish, wish to deal with the issue that keeps most of us up at night the complex and uncertain future we face on fighting the war on waste. Today, before this council, I propose that we take unambiguous steps towards a new way of engaging with and working with our community, interest groups, key stakeholders and subject matter experts in the waste industry. The Ipswich City Council local government area receives approximately 58% of all waste disposed of in Queensland. We also receive 73% of all waste disposed of in South East Queensland. So we do need a step change. Today I'm proposing the establishment of a waste and mining working group and a separate industry representative group to support that. These groups will be established through an expression of interest process and formal terms of reference and governance arrangements will be developed for each of them. As a matter of priority, I, suppose, I propose that we leverage the collective knowledge of the members of these groups to develop the Clean Slate White Paper. The purpose of this White Paper is to make explicit the current challenges we face and the opportunities to remedy these, and in consultation with members to determine a preferred future state for waste and mining in Ipswich. With that, I move the, current, the, the following three recommendations. I move that Council establish a waste and mining working group to be chaired by the Mayor, with a standing invitation open to all councillors to participate as members. Secondly, establish a waste and mining industry representative group to be chaired by myself with a standing invitation open to all councillors to participate as members. And three, delegate to the CEO the development and implementation of the terms of reference for the working and industry representative groups. As a mayoral motion, uh, that is now moved and seconded.
My second mayoral motion is relatively straightforward and deals with further transparency in procurement. I am proposing that we, pu that we publish basic contract details for all awarded contracts and procurements over $10,000, excluding GST, on our newly established Transparency and Integrity Hub. We have received excellent feedback for our efforts around transparency to date, and as I said before, this is just the beginning of the journey. The change proposed today will bring our practices in line with the Queensland Government and the Federal Government policy and will go one step further to ensuring this Council is accountable to the people of Ipswich. The current legislation states that, it's only, that we only need to disclose contracts over $200,000. We'll be changing this to be $10,000 in line with State <coughs> and Federal Government. It's really important that this Council is accountable to the people of Ipswich. This change is especially important to ensuring we can be as open and transparent as possible about how we procure goods and services and allows us to better monitor and evaluate the effectiveness of our new buy-up-switch procurement policy. I move that Council accept the recommendation to amend our procurement policy as tabled in this report. Both were supported by councillors. The long road to the relocation of Council's administration and library staff to the new sites under construction in Nicola Street took another major step forward with Council formally endorsing the sale of a parcel of properties in East, South, Limestone and Roderick Streets and Foot Lane to West Morton Health. Head of Coordination and Performance, Sean Madigan, updated the meeting after the Mayor noted the contents of the reports contained confidential papers. If we ask you a question, we need to go into that. We'll go into closed session. Certainly. Could you explain... Uh, one, I want to know, I don't, I don't like surprises. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr Madigan, yes. um, can you explain to me why this is a late matter and so this has not been put out to the people of Ipswich for further um, discussion and Yeah, certainly. Um, so this report relates to the disposal of the uh, current uh, council administration assets to West Morton Health. Mm -hmm. um, this is to tie in obviously with our Ipswich Central redevelopment with us moving into the new administration building. Um, the reason that this is late is that we have been in protracted negotiations with West Morton Health mm -hmm. over the acquisition uh, and the contract details for these assets. Um, we require a final council sign-off for this matter to be able to progress. The urgency around it as to why it was a late item is presented is, is the urgency sits with the state government uh, effectively. So Westmorton Health, whilst they have board approval um, to enter into this contract, they actually require approval of Cabinet. Um, of the Queensland State Government. So it has to go via Treasury uh, and then up through to Cabinet. Uh, obviously with the pending state election you have caretaker provisions uh, commencing within a couple of months from now and um, their urgency is to get this sorted obviously before caretaker so that they can be ready to progress with the construction, uh, or sorry demolition and construction of the new hospital assets uh, where we sit, stand right now. So that is the urgency around the report. Right. Okay. So um, if it was delayed a month for people to have more of an understanding, would that meet the cabinet timetable or would it be within caretaker? It, it would potentially fall within caretaker. I think it commences in September, I think it is, is the caretaker. Um, but uh, we need to provide Westmorton Health the certainty that council uh, mm -hmm. is uh, accepting uh, of the conditions of the contract in order for them to present that uh, contract to cabinet for sign off. And do we have confirmation, confirmation that if we do address this late report, um, without 
a lot of community consul without any community consultation, um, that it will definitely be slated for cabinet for the approval yes, before. That is what we have been advised by Westmorton Health that their minister is pushing for this. Okay. Um, obviously, they are under some pressure, as we know, in terms of the requirements uh, for health services in the Ipswich mm -hmm. Westmorton Health region, uh, and they are uh, really chomping at the bit to get into these assets and, and expand okay. their footprint. Now, 82 Limestone Street and, and Three Foot Lane, that's down near the CWA building, is that the That's right, yeah. Limestone? So there's, there's two car parks there, um, one um, that effectively backs onto the Civic Centre and then the other car park there that fronts onto Limestone Street are the two car parks there that are, are paved. Uh, we occupy one of them and we lease out the other one right. at the moment to SEQ Water, I believe, some of those spots. After the closed discussion, the meeting adopted the sale recommendations with the sale price undisclosed. And finally, Council voted to establish five new committees to replace the General Purposes Committee. Mayor Harding explained the reason behind this move. And we're going to 5.1, which is the 2020 committee and council meetings. Uh, to date, we have been operating in council, I'll just go to the relevant page, um, having a full council meeting and having, I guess, two standing committees, one the General Purposes Committee, another the, the CBD redevelopment. And uh, we'd like to break that up into different um, standing committees as, as a matter of practice within council. One important change is that committee and council meetings will now move to a Thursday. You can check out the new meeting times and dates on council's website. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. You can subscribe for free and share this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich today from your smart speaker. Suggestions are welcome for future interviews and topics. Just go to the Ipswich Today website or Facebook page and leave a message. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.